Boom, what's up, motherfuckers? What's up, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> We're gonna stick with the jersey. Dude, um, why not, man? It's it's in our blood anyways. That's the rumor. Rumor has it we're assholes from the east. Masquerading as Thunder fans. <laughs> hey, so let's talk about some stuff you sent me. I think this is this is fun. Right. Um <clears throat> you know, whatever. You can say what you want about the bleacher report. Um, at least they have fun discussions. All right, guys. <clears throat> so, potential starting fives for the next season. Which team Damn improved it. the most? All right. All right. This is what's great, I'm going to run through the teams real quick, and then we'll talk starting fives after we go through the teams. All Memphis right. Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, OKC Thunder, and Houston Rockets. So, the argument for the Grizzlies are is that Marcus Smart. Is better is a better fit than um, what's his name down in Houston right now? Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Brooks. All right. Um, so Phoenix, Bradley Beal is a better fit than I don't even know who they had kind of running that. Uh, but Chris Paul, bro. Chris Paul, yeah. And I guess it was like Bridges last year before yeah. they got KD. But it's kind of like been a revolving door, you know. But yeah. Um, okay, and then Chris Paul is better than who's starting? Oh, oh um, pool. Uh, well, I mean, yes, pool. I guess it, it, it was pool, and um, yeah, I guess it was pool. All right, the Thunder are adding Chet Holmgren. True ad where these other teams are like, there's a little subtraction to go into that addition. The Thunder yeah. are just purely adding Chet. All right, and then the Houston Rockets are adding Van Fleet and Brooks. All right, there you go. I went through all the logistics of it. Let's talk. All right, what I love about this is what you just said at the end there was all these other ones have been minusing out people and adding people. So like Memphis with Marcus Smart, that's the only difference there. Bradley Beal is the only difference with the Phoenix Suns. Although you could say Josh is a, a difference there, Okogui, but really it's it's was he not with them at the bradley Beale. last year at any point i thought okogi was with them but i got I, a lot of respect for his game he's a very good player sure sure um but that's bradley beal's the difference there then you got chris paul for the jerry um, george what's up guys yeah what's up guys um you got um warriors you got chris paul difference and then you've got houston rockets which uh van fleet and dylan brooks but the only team here that is adding a player that's on this from a draft, and that's it, a rookie, essentially, is the Thunder. And the all the, they're t- saying is that they're betting that the Thunder's starting four, other four guys around Chet are going to highly improve. Because if you look at everything people have been writing, they're saying that they wouldn't be surprised if, if Chet comes in and he's not you know, you know, playing 25, 30 minutes a game to start off. You know, he's coming in playing 18 and 17 or whatever. You know, like just coming in and getting his legs underneath him. So if that's the case, then we're we're talking about the the up factor here. It's being Josh Giddy, it's being Shea getting better, it's being Dort getting better, and Jalen Williams getting better. So, so George thinks that Poku is going to start over Dort. What do you think about that, Dave? For the first starting of the year lineup of the year. Um, well, I guess I, no, he's saying the best. I'm sorry, not the okay, fir- the best, the best. Like I I think the best starting lineup. I'll be honest with you. Um is with Jay Will out there. 
um, Jay will absorbing the um, um, the charges um, next to Chet blocking. Um, I think you could do uh, a lot of good with that. Um, Poku, I'm a big fan of Poku. So um, if he found his way to be better, more effective than Jay will out there, and he took Jay will's spot like that, then I'm cool with it. But I feel like Jay will is the the number one big man coming off the bench right now, and that's his spot to lose because of what he did last year. Um, but I do think that if Lou Dort is going to lose his starting position, I want to make sure this is clear. It's either because he's got injured or we're trading him because we're not going to tank his value by moving him to the bench. And I don't think that that's something that the Thunder would do at this point. They would, they would trade him in a package deal and get as much as they could for him rather than move him to the bench. Dort might get passed by Cason Wallace this year. I know. It's, we don't know what's going on. I mean, we don't. Dort could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. But he I, might be free to get 15 shots a night off the bench. But my, my point, though, about moving Dort to the bench is that, like, what team is going to pay $20 million a year for a bench player? And, and that's where I have to say is, like, if the Thunder, if, if this whole idea well, that we've here, built off of what right. Sam Presti does. You're right, Dave. But the idea would be that if he increases value off the bench by continuing to get a good amount of shots, that teams could be like, well, he played well as a starter. He got better as a bench player, and we can move him back into a starting role. Yeah, you're right. It's an expensive contract for a bench play player, but I imagine um, that there's 29 teams in the league that he could start for. If he gets passed by Kaysen Wallace and he's not starting for us, I don't think teams will look at him and be like, oh, well, we're going to keep him on the bench. He's just too good. I, I'm sorry, but, like, again. You don't move I'm, Eddie Jones to the bench before Kobe, you trade him. Well, that's the point. You get, you get a first rounder out of it. You know, like, and, and I, I keep going back to this is that, like, um, Dort, this could be his last year for the Thunder if he does not get to that 20 points a game. You know, it just, if he doesn't make that increase of points and being more effective at the rim, then this is his last year. And what we can get for Dort will be quite outstanding because I, I do believe that Cason Wallace is more ready to, to go in the position that he is. And as the year gets weaned down, we'll start seeing Cason more often in that third and fourth quarter than Dort. And I think that will just be the progression that will happen. Um, it'll be slight, it'll be calm, and it'll be just one of those things that we start seeing what casing can do and if he's shooting 40 percent or even 35 percent from the three-point range and he's finishing effectively at the rim and and his defense is like that that straight up wolf in him you know like then we're talking about a situation that yeah casing just outplayed dort in in six months but that's if dort doesn't get any better that's if dort doesn't get any more effective and okay. that's if dort doesn't finish Let's better say this hole dort is Essentially the same defender as he was last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, what percentage of defender do you think Kaysen will be of Dort his rookie year? Like, do you think he could be oh. half the defender, 75% of the defender? Man. Um, like, I think he's going to be close Dort to 75% brings, of what Dort brings. I, I, I think he'd be closer to 50% because what he, if Dort can teach Kaysen how to, right. that, that, to create that foul on that Which screen. Which will happen. Then that then that is something that will up um, Kaysen's value right. right away. But that's Kaysen's that- um, footwork and his positioning makes it really hard for teams to set good screens on him. 
Yeah. If he understands how to sell an illegal screen, which he will over time. Um, okay. So I think, yeah, I agree though. If he doesn't know that skill, but I do think that he's going to learn that, but what, how much better of a three point shooter does Kaysen need to be right now? Finisher in, inside the arc to make up for that lack of say 25 to 50% of the defensive effort Dort brings. And I think that's kind of where coach Degnault's going to have to look at things and just say like, um, like you're saying in that fourth quarter situation, right? Are you going to put Dort on the court or are you going to put someone that you trust their shot a little bit more? And I think that trust in shot and then saying, okay, he's not quite as good of a defender, but we're going to lean on team defense more last year by improvements from all the positions. And that's how we're going to ride through and fourth quarters. Coach D has proven that he doesn't mind going offense defense for the last eight minutes of the game. You know, like we get a stop and play. We can go offense. Sweet. We're going to put Kaysen out there on defense. We're going to put Dort back out there um, because at this point, I, for me, I look at this. This is why I think it will take Kaysen some time to get to Dort's level is because if you look at offensive charges and what, you know, Jay will brings to that value. A lot of people don't really understand the value of what Dort does with those charges. You know, and that's what they are essentially is moving screens that become going the other way. Um, and I look at that and I think that the more value that people see in charges, the more value Dort will have in those, those, you know, um, offsetting screens. When that happens, then Dort's value, of course, is going to go flying up. And if that, if that's the case, then yeah, you, you, you take case in and, and you say, Dort, you know what? $20 million a year is good enough for you to come off the bench. You're a specialized defender right now. You know, like, and that's what he'll become because of Kaysen. Goddamn. Yeah. If Kaysen is is proving that he deserves the ball in his hand for 18 to 20 points a game, and you're looking at his defense and saying, damn, that's good defense. And then you're looking at Dort and saying, Dort is at 14 points a game. You know, like, his defense is elite. Yes. That's when you move Dort down. But it has to be so evident that Kaysen is going to be an 18 to 20 point player a game. Listen, I'm with George. Like, I think George's going to have an amazing year. I just think Kaysen's going to have a better year. And hmm. I think one thing we need to look at is like young Kentucky guards that are drafted, you know, 10 to 12. Like, you can't say we're going to limit Kaysen's ceiling because we're so committed to Lou Dort. Because yeah. to me, Kaysen could be a top five guard in the NBA. Like, a lot of people look at him and they're like, oh, he's not even a top three guard in his class. Yeah. Well, they said the same shit about Shea. And like, they and said the same thing about Devin J-Dark. Booker, Jamal Murray. Like, yeah. guards from Kentucky, you can bet on. Oh, and I feel well. like we don't want to find ourselves in a spot where it's like, Kaysen has to go somewhere else to be successful. And yeah. I don't think that Dort's the type of player that he would say, like, I'm so committed to being a starter that I would rather go somewhere else. And yeah. that's a ton of money for a bench player. But the best part is, at this stage... You're paying case in rookie scale money, so it's yeah. you don't like if you don't have it's to think too much about it. But you're right; it really comes down to devaluing a player. Like I, if, and that's the thing: if we're going to devalue a player with with the way that Sam Presti has brought up, you bring a value. I don't want to face door on the other on, on the other side of it. No, and, and that's my problem. How many times has Sam Presti traded a player that to a um, contender of sorts that we have to contend against? Like that makes it impossible for us to contend. He um avoided sending Stephen Adams to Memphis, but he ended up there anyway. Yeah, but he got quite an offer, I thought, for Stephen Adams. 
and he ended up sending him to the Pelicans. So so much for him, bro. And 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 again, that, like that was one of the, people were think, saying that that contract is untradeable, and he was almost worthless. And what we got: Kenny Hustle, George Hill, couple a collection first of second rounders, a first rounder, I thought, or two. From two different teams, not from the Pelicans. There were other players, but those were the guys that really stuck it out. And I remember being like, before then, we were already in love with Sam Presti's like ability to just like, oh, throw in that player. And we don't know who that guy is. And then we fall in love with him. So when we looked at that trade, we're like, what are the names that we don't know? And then we started saying like, let's, I bet one of these guys, we call them throw-ins, is going to become really good. And yeah. Kenny Hustle. From game one, I mean, people didn't even know his name was Kenny Hustle back then. Dude, they just called him the um, K Rich. Yeah, K Rich and uh, <laughs> his hair, bro. I'm like, all right. You know, like, watch mullet, out for Sam Presti when he gets names thrown in. That's why, whenever, like, there's these guys and, like, all the other people were like, we're not going to keep him. We're not going to keep him. I'm kind of like, we'll see. You know, and, and usually I would say the experts are right, but sometimes you get a Kenny hustle in there and, and you're like, we don't know his name. There's probably no chance that he's going to stick around. But then again, who knows? And what I want to say about Kaysen though, before we go too far, because Dave, you were really on to Kaysen in the pre in the draft time period. We were getting onto it and like, you really felt like Kaysen had the ability to be a star defensively. You felt like he was the best player in the draft, or at least the best um, guard, yeah, and then he's so good, man. So versatile, like, and I watching I his argued, game was just like masterpiece, dude. Like, I argued, I, I, I thought it was limited. I honestly, you didn't like I, his height. I think is what it came down to. I didn't like his height, and I felt like he would only be able to like be an elite defender against a sing- one position. Sure, um, but as I've studied his game and stuff, because you know, pre-draft, it's like quick stuff, you know, but. I've kind of come to this conclusion. I really think he can guard one through three. He's yeah. not going to be naturally ready to guard the three immediately. Did, Kenny? Um, no. Um, oh, Kaysen. Oh. Yeah. But I think over time hmm. in his career, he's going to have to be able to switch on threes. He can't just be a one and two. And I think he's got the strength. He's got yeah. the um, wingspan. I think he's got the ability to do it over time. But maybe not like a KD, you know. But at the same time, Marcus Smart, he can guard players that are much I, bigger than him. And I don't, I don't think it's out of his, you know, playbook to be able to say he's not going to be able to guard a seven footer. Yeah, look, I would say with Dort, Dort's time with the Thunder might have been numbered as soon as he signed that big contract, which you have to give his agent a ton of credit. Sure. But as soon as you can get a young player who can provide 80% of the production, which I'm not saying we can get that right away, but on a rookie scale contract, with the way that the Thunder's finances are going, we, like, there's no way we can keep everybody. No. So, no. Uh, and Dort had a good is- future with the team until J Dub. Honestly, as soon as J Dub looked like a max level player, it was like, you can't keep, you know, Shea, Chet, Giddy, J Dub all like at or near max contracts. Yeah. And have a guy like Dort. Yeah. It's just. Well, and, and I think Giddy's going to be the next person up for a contract. Um, and that's going to come into a, a big play here if you look at it, because you know Dort's twenty something million a year. Um, Giddy, I think he's going to get a hell of a contract when he resigns his contract, because I think this year he's going to be doing some insane things, right? But when you look at it, you'll be able to say, okay, there is the save of the twelve million dollars. 
or the $20 million, you know, like that makes sense now, you know, because the next year it's Chet and J-Dub that'll be the ones that are up, you know, so you got to be starting to think about this stuff ahead of time and starting you to think understand. we can keep all four of those guys? Shay, Giddy, Chet, J-Dub? I, I don't think that we can just keep all four of those guys, but I think we can keep 90% of our bench intact as well during this. Really? This is why. And I will say this to, I am blue in the face, man. I don't give a shit who disagrees with me. Um, but what Sam Presti has done there, creating a team in a family atmosphere, is unlike anywhere else. And people would rather sign a contract that they make 3 or $4 million less because the worldwide internet, right, the, the web, everything else that's attached to it is going to make Oklahoma City the top, one of the top dogs in the game. Meaning that these guys are going to make jersey sales money from the NBA. These guys are going to make this. They're going to make that. I'm telling you right now, there is no doubt in my mind that people are going to take less money to stay in Oklahoma City over time because it's better for their careers. And they're going to recognize that. The people are going to, that are around them are going to recognize that. So I think it's going to be, I'm, I think it's going to be beautiful, man. What up, Zare? Thanks for joining us. Glad you finally caught us live for sure. Dave, so... There's always been this thing around Oklahoma City Thunder fans. I will say that, um, and I don't mean this, you know, disrespectfully, but most Oklahoma City Thunder podcasts have sure. an inferiority complex. Sure. Where they really, they're like, no good player will ever choose to go to Oklahoma City because, you know, let's face it, it becomes, it becomes difficult to see the benefits of Oklahoma City if you're just there all the time. You're like, well, all the cool stuff is happening on the coast, right? Sure, man. But- at the same time, like if your mission in life is to win championships, if your mission is to become one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA, why not go? Right. right? Why not go to Oklahoma City? Why not settle in? Let, let's talk about like San Antonio. And I know San Antonio is, you know, different than Oklahoma City, but players had no problem sticking it out in San Antonio when championships were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, quiet, yeah. But I mean, that came down to different set of circumstances i believe with sure like injuries and stuff but i i feel like if you can give people opportunities for championships and you know like we talked about how coaching staffs and all these different things they get stripped down when they win championships teams win all of a sudden bench players get jordan pool money and andrew wiggins money you get crazy crazy cash for you know, bench coaches become head coaches, assistant GMs become head GMs. You know, so yeah, you've got to find a way to have a competitive advantage in that environment. And and if you look at it and, and you understand exactly what the Thunder are trying to do with um, building a new arena, um, this is not the same city I left 15 years ago. You know, it's just not. Um, 15 years ago when I left, I thought, you know, Oklahoma City was that place that nobody really wanted to go and be part of. You know, and as time went on, I started realizing it wasn't like this is this is a whole new city now, man. They've got the Riverwalk, which is brilliant. They've got so many other aspects and different things to this that I love. And I get excited, man, because this is as the city grows and gets bigger. I think it's the 20th largest city in the United States now. And as that gets bigger and bigger and bigger, less people think it's shit. You know, like less people think that Oklahoma City shit. So all of a sudden, like these new people, like it doesn't take long for a city like Miami from going from like the armpits of the world to one of the greatest cities in the world. 
You know, it doesn't take long for a city to do that. And that's why I keep saying Oklahoma City isn't done growing. It's a, a place that you want to be at because there is so much happening right now. And as teams are figuring that out and as players are figuring that out and as players like Shea are figuring this out and saying, oh, wait a second here, this city's getting bigger. So if I'm going to invest, I want to invest in property. I want to invest in um, adding space for me for like a restaurant. I want to do this. I want to do that. All of a sudden, this becomes one of the biggest cities in the world, right? And when I say the world, I'm talking, you know, the America, the Americas there, where all of a sudden you have a city like Oklahoma City that just goes boom, and it's massive, and it's a top 10 city in the United States, right? And if that's what's going to happen here in Oklahoma, which I think is going to happen, right, then we're sitting at a situation that's for real, that these guys are investing in not just the city, but they're investing in everything else. And if that's the case, it, we're talking about serious money these guys are going to be looking into. And I look at this and for me i have to say i can't i can't say that these guys aren't looking into real estate and stuff like that and if these guys want to become rich motherfuckers like this is how it's done i mean you look at you look at uh, magic johnson in la like he bought real estate in la he did stuff that made him smart you look at charles barkley charles barkley was making three million dollars a year from nike he started investing two million of that a year into nike into stock right and he ended up making like $50 million out of the whole thing, okay? You can say the same thing about Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan took his money that he was making off of Nike and invested every single cent of it into Nike. So these players, they see these players doing that, and, and, and a lot of these contracts, they're designed to help these players, but how many of them get to be in a city that's growing like this? And then they start seeing people like Shea that's rolling in dough and be like, bro, how'd you make so much money? He's like, I am reinvested into the city. I reinvested into real estate. I reinvested in this. And all of a sudden, three or four of the other players are doing the same thing. And it's not about the contract anymore. And that's what's so fucking amazing about what's happening in Oklahoma City. It's not just the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, it's the whole city, man. That's it, baby. That's what we're pumped about. What, five days now till FIBA. And I believe... We've seen that growth a lot in the city from the international community becoming aware of how cool Oklahoma City is. Hell so yeah, dude. This is another chance for the, the city of Oklahoma City to be put on an international stage. You can't watch a FIBA game with Australia or Canada and not hear them say over and over and over again, Oklahoma City superstar, Oklahoma City superstar, Oklahoma City superstar. Hmm. Like, it's attached to their names, and these are the best players in the world. And we're all attached to that. It's one of those things we look back at with so much gratefulness when they released the NBA 75 greatest players. They added 25 players to the 50 greatest. I think 26, actually. But, you know, we counted it up. And the number of players that we got to see play and start their career in Oklahoma City, it was just unbelievable compared to how many teams out there didn't even have one player that represented their team on that list. Mm -hmm. And we could go through the names of the players, but really we all know them in our hearts because it was like growing up, like with a family member, watching them grow up. And we all know why we're here. Cause we know that the next round is going to be better than the first round. And that's what we believe in. You know what? We bet on Maybe it, bro. Wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I'll go down and swing. Bro. I, I'll be honest with Mark and I. We started the podcast. We um we sat down and we we're trying to figure out exactly where we were going with this. And 
one of the things that Mark said was he wanted to invest in this the team because he felt what T- Sam Presti was doing was was so next level. And at the only time that we had, all we had was Shea, Dort, and a bunch of draft picks, you know? Um, and I kept on being like, you know, I see the vision of where Sam wants to go with this because, you know, draft picks are king in the future. But does he have what does he have what it takes to be able to stick to it? Because we see teams like the Houston Rockets or, you know, um, whatever team is like, oh, yes, rebuild, rebuild. And all of a sudden, boom, let's spend one hundred million dollars or one hundred fifty million dollars and get these players here. You know, like. like I was always hopeful that Sam would be able to stick to it. And now we're sitting in this position that Sam has not only stuck to what he was originally planning to, but we bet. And all you guys that decided to still watch the Thunder, and I mean, literally, probably most of you guys that are on the chat that watch the Thunder every single game or most of the games, even though you knew that we sucked for two years. And then last year, you got a taste, man. You got a little taste, man, right? Got your first little taste. And then you're saying, hell yeah, this is going to be good. And the thing about it is, even if we won 40 games, everybody in the Oklahoma City Thunder media that are you know, working for the team are like, let's, let's calm down expectations. Let's calm down expectations. We don't want to get too excited about this next year. But that's where I feel like we're all wrong. We need to get excited about this year. We need to get pumped about this year. This year is the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we're going to see some great things. What up, what up, what up, What's Jared? up, Jared? Yeah. Good morning. How you, How you doing, man? Doing today, doing good, man. <clears throat> good. All right. So, speaking of the future of the Thunder, all yeah, right. Yeah, you asked us. I'm gonna ask you back, Jared. Do we get yeah. the arena approved? You, you're there. You know. You you get the feeling on the ground. Well, they had uh, the mayor on, like the sports animal in the morning. He was very, yeah. very. Uh, he's very persistent about it, and he thinks that they can. They're not going to raise the taxes. It's going to be the same exact tax provision. So nothing changes. I mean, it's just going to be an add-on. So like so, a maps four kind of thing. Yeah, basically just maps four. Okay, cool. Because maps three, maps all the maps have been dope. Um, yeah, I see all the work that they did out on Stanley Draper um, Lake in for maps three. So you know it's going to keep going because those maps projects, each one has been a huge success, and that's really why we got Thunder in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, there's a parking lot over there somebody will not give up so they're trying to find out who that is so that they can talk to prairie surf studios that took over convention center and yeah. uh, try to get in there man you said something that uh took me for a loop there for a minute you said um you're listening to sports animal in the morning um so yeah, my I- family we uh we moved there when i was 11 years old to oklahoma city um and i still remember um Man, um, it was um, Mark. Who was it that we listened to in the morning? Uh, I think it was Traber and yeah. Cashback and uh, uh, yeah. so back in the day, know. right? So we would listen. Like that was the beginning of my knowledge in sports. Was the sports animal when I was eleven years old? You know, that's like I, yeah, it's yeah. like learning all you know about sex from like HBO. <laughs> which yeah. I was there. Everybody knows. You know, like like that's not real sex, guys. It's the fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. Back. Yeah, like it just it was it's crazy that you mentioned that just because like it threw me for a loop because who would have ever thought when I was 11 years old that the Oklahoma State Thunder would be in Oklahoma City, you know? And yeah. um podcasting would be in a way almost bigger than than the sports animal because 
it's it's crazy to me, man. Like if you think about where the country has gone and the fact that we're sitting here now with Jared on the phone, who lives in Oklahoma City, Mark lives in um, Texas, I I'm in Maryland. Um, we've had people on here that live uh, all Romania, over the world, yeah, and, yeah, and, and Germany, France and yeah. Germany, and it's just crazy because like when Mark and I started this, it was all about connecting everybody. You know, like we want to be able to have friends. And Jared, you said yesterday you were you know thanked us on um um on the the podcast for having you on yeah, and, and hanging sure. out but like the reality is i i, I re- struggle to writing anything back because like i i'm the one that's grateful man i'm the one that's grateful for you and i'm grateful for unk yeah. and all these other guys that we've had the privilege to have on here because you guys mean something to me and and the same thing is with mark when we get off uh the phone calls mark says the same thing like you guys mean something to us and so again, thank you guys, man. We we appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, tomorrow we'll be off, but we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, yeah. So and I just want to say, like everybody out there who's listening, who isn't sure if they want to call in, like it always goes a little rough the first time, you know. Like Jared always. knows, like so it's it's all good. Like we don't we're we're good with making mistakes. We'll end up, be, you know, taking the awkward knocks. We want to make this for everybody. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who think their voice is important. Uh, and I don't want to be one of those people. I think that your voice is important. And if you guys have like something that you want to say, we want to hear it. And Absolutely, man. I hope that we can create a platform where hundreds of people feel like they can influence it with their voice. And I appreciate Jared and Unk and yeah, you guys, Smith's You guys are the pioneers because when we have a ton of people calling yeah. in, you guys will be the ones that made it comfortable for everybody else. So, awesome, bro. Yeah, you guys so. are the OGs. And- this is the summer. This is warm-ups, but we know how wild it gets during the season. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I cannot wait. Season time's coming fast. So thank I you, Jared. Stretch before the season. That's right. That's right. All right. Stay on here with us, Jared, and we're going to talk to you as we get off here. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it.